1: Dr. Aaron Williams. And uh, please introduce yourself, my man. Episode 629 for all the listeners.
0: Yeah, thanks, Tommy. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. So my name is Aaron Williams. I'm an anesthesiologist, physician, uh, MD medical school on anesthesia training. I um, grew up in a small town and eventually made my way to medical school after high school and uh, chose my path from there. Uh, I was going to do pediatrics kind of moved on and decided once I got into anesthesia, I was gonna do that maybe with a pediatric bend. Didn't work out that way, God leads us different places. Um, then I, was, uh, I went to Emory for my anesthesia training, you know, parked right next to the CDC uh, for quite, quite a bit of that and uh, never thought twice about it and uh, <laughs> now, now now, I've learned. Um, but then from there, I spent a couple of years in academics and won a teaching award while I was there during that time, I loved to teach. Uh, I love to kind of spread knowledge and, and, uh, help people help other people. So more than you can just get your hands on it a day. And, uh, then from there I got a job offer to go into private practice about 10 years ago. So I've been there. Uh, and then in, during that time frame, I've been involved in a lot of uh, administrative work, um, and different things like that. I've been chairman of the de- anesthesia department for multiple years, um, helped lead up a lot of different things. Um, had a lot of great colleagues and people to work with over time. And, uh, You know, uh, since that time, you know, over the last year, it's been kind of process of awakening and kind of figuring out, Okay, all these things didn't make sense. And you start digging and you start to find the truth and you find there's evidence, you know, to back up these truths that say that, you know, things aren't as they seem. And so that's kind of uh, long story short how we're here. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an I've had so
1: many people ask me, they're like, dude, why are you so like hell bent on discussing COVID? And I'm like, I'm actually not. Like, I like talking about the Cold War. I like talking about UFOs and aliens. I like laughing. But it's kind of one of those things where, I mean, you know, just talk things like, I always use this example, organic chemistry. I loved organic chemistry because there was no nuance. There was no, it wasn't literature. And what do you think the author meant? I loved it. A lot like math. It's like, this is the answer. It's the thing. It doesn't care about your feelings. This is what it is. Gravity is 9.81 meters per second. Doesn't matter what your skin color is. Doesn't matter where you were born. It's just what it is. I like that objective truth. And then, as you probably appreciate as well, the process of learning the truth. There's when you start pulling on a string, and just and it doesn't even have to be some big investigative, you know, about COVID. It can just be huh? it can just be a genetics class. There's just something fascinating about or building Legos and it starts coming together and you go, oh, this is the thing. It's just one of the joys of life. So when people ask me why I'm so hellbent on this, I'm not at all. I really I like talking about aircraft and stuff. <laughs> but like when you start tugging on it and there starts to be like violent feedback, like don't talk about this, don't discuss mm. this. And all right, well, I'm not a doctor. How about I get on Dr. Malone? dr mccullough and people are still you know kind of throwing the holy like demons with holy water (sighs) stop talking permanently banned from youtube and you're like you're like what is going on and now you this is just me not a medical professional with this interest you an actual md you're starting to look at it and you're like hey guys this shouldn't be like a an opinion stance thing this is what is going on how can it be treated and are there financial interests and power interests over this so what kind of led on your path to, I guess, tugging at the metaphorical strings?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I had a, a general distrust of media after watching, you know, not just slight uh, variations on the truth, but 180 degrees flip from the truth, verifiably. Yeah. And so I always had that. But I never really thought that I needed to bring that same skepticism towards our own regulatory bodies, like the CDC, for instance. I never imagined it. I figured there'd be a little bit of a shading, a little bit of greed factor here and there with what gets pushed through from the FDA, but nothing on like a grander scale. You know, I thought evil existed just in small pockets of the occasional Jeffrey Dahmer or something horrid like that, where you've got, you know, cartel type stuff. Um, But I never really thought it could exist on a bigger scale and in higher places. And as the year went along last year, you know, I never really believed the China, you know, the, the the bat narrative, that sort of stuff. But I'm not surprised by China lying, like none of us are, right? Yeah. So, but later on in the summertime, we were tracking daily, I know a lot of places were, um, tracking daily the amount of ICU beds that were being taken up and the amount of hospital beds being taken up by patients and or COVID patients as well. Um, but specifically, they were keeping track of that. And so here in Minnesota, and I don't bring it any more local than that, but sure. in Minnesota, you know, they, the Minnesota Department of Health had that daily. So they would update it. I can't recall how often they'd update it, but we would be canceling surgeries based upon that. So because some of the surgeries are going to need admitted afterwards if it's a big enough surgery versus the outpatient surgeries you're planning to go home. So we were doing this by the day and sometime in, it was June or July. And all of a sudden I went on there to look and it was gone. And this is after a period where all of the numbers were starting to look better. And of course, I understand and I see some uh, degree of validity to not getting people to be too lax. But when you're looking at that, this wasn't just regular Joes and Janes out there looking at this daily tracker uh, on how many hospital beds and ICU beds were taking up. This was probably just medical professionals and these institutions, frankly, that are using that information. And when that disappeared, that was another like big warning flag. And I said, well, I expect China to lie, but why does our department of health take off the graphs that are super important just when they start looking better? Like, why is that? We've had them up for months. You know, we've been doing it for three months or more at that time. So that was kind of another one. And then as we as we got to rolling out Uh, across the country and they had a lot of anaphylaxis you know severe allergy cases the first day when they rolled out in the UK and I said well you know to be fair you're having more than 20,000 people probably that first day compared to the trials and but I wanted to know why and the UK had started to either advise against entirely or just kind of put out a cautionary measure for anybody who had even severe allergies to potentially not take the vaccine uh, it's not a vaccine. I'm just going to say that for simplicity's sake, it's an mRNA therapy. They changed the definition. Okay, we got that out of the way. it's, um, it's, but anyway, it's good. We're already banned from YouTube. It's fine. We we can <laughs> we can speak the truth now. It's fine. <laughs> there you go. And so I went digging, and what I ended up finding was a very well known, not well known, should I say, but well documented. There was evidence, even if it wasn't widely known, um, which is a lot of our conundrum at the moment. Uh, speaking in a very you know general sense that these PEG, polyethylene glycol um, allergies, were quite prevalent. And that's what they encapsulate both the Moderna and the Pfizer mRNA inside. And I started digging on this and I said, wow, there's a study from 2016 from UNC. Really well done study. I think they had around 16,000 patients. And they found that the prevalence of at least some allergy within the population was 72%. And the percentage of a high allergy was about 8% of the population, just kind of all comers. And there's a lot of reasons. It's in cosmetics and it's in other things, uh, foods, um, some different things, but it usually it's such a big polymer that it doesn't penetrate into your bloodstream. So you might get a little bit in a crack, you're putting something here or a crack in your skin or maybe some gastritis in your GI tract, whatever it is, people get exposed enough through a constant barrage of this stuff um, via various products, and so the population develops this allergy, and in this, in these different articles I was finding, and even on the manufacturer of PEGs websites, they were talking about the allergies and the anaphylaxis possibility. And at the end of this, they're talking about at the end of the study, they're talking about you know multiple drugs that have been taken off of the market. I believe that was a separate reference for giving, uh, but they were talking multiple drugs have been taken off the market. So anytime it gets injected, that's when it can cause a potentially severe reaction because now it's. Obviously, you put it in, it yeah. couldn't get in before it was too big of a polymer. And at the end of this, at the end of this study, really well done study, they said anybody you're going to inject with polyethylene glycol needs to have a study to see if they have an allergy prior. I use allergy rather than antibodies. They use the term antibodies, but we've been false dichotomied into antibodies or no antibodies when our immune system is so much more than that. And predictably those antibody levels go down over time, right? And so, but that was what they said. And I, I looked at I looked around I said, wait a minute, we've got basically the entirety of the country. And the question wasn't if you were going to get a vaccine. It wasn't when you were going to get a vaccine. It was how fast can we get 100% of people vaccinated with no regard anymore to natural immunity? Like, it didn't exist. It's not... That novel of a bioweapon, guys. Don't give yourself that much credit. Um, God, still got this figured out if you make it through it. It's it's true, it's true. Um, you know, not that people having, you know, obviously passed away from it from lack of early treatment mostly, right? Like Dr. Peter McCullough and the AAPS have have been pushing, and Pierre Corey and and his groups, and many others. Mm -hmm. But, um, I'm looking around going, wait a minute, we're doing 100% there's these studies that say we should be testing any person before you inject them with it. And yet there's not a word being whispered anywhere. And I said, wow, this is beyond like shading. This is, this is more than unethical. Like something is really wrong here from a trust and otherwise perspective. That kind of stuff got me digging really hard along with other things in society and stuff going on that are just completely backwards. Um, so I kind of stuff there. So but that was the the long story on kind of where I really started to dig. No, it's brilliant.
1: Cause I love hearing about, it's like when, well, this is kind of like a, a dark. No, let's use not. Let's not use a dark analogy. We'll use a good analogy. It's like uh, you know watching a team win the Super Bowl or the world. Like I used to live in Atlanta. So did you. You know the Braves just won. I don't care. I don't really pay attention to sports. But you know you can watch like the official, the ESPN. You know the eight K camera zoomed in. and You see the final out. But then you can go online, I see all my friends, you know, and some are posting the, some were there and you see like the iPhone, some were recording the TV and you see everyone cheering and the beer flying and you can see all these different, all these different recordings and thus experiences of the same event. And so what I'm saying is, is it's always fascinating to hear what are other individuals uh, sort of awakening to, to put it in a, a less formal term something yes. something's a little something's a little funky something's a little fucky right so it's again i can look at it but it's through my own how am i viewing the world i have my preconceived notions i have my own political biases my own religious and national and but then you have on dr malone who invented it and you're like all right well that's that's odd and then you have on uh you know i've had on like a dentist from toronto who was like this is the little thing I saw and then you have McCullough and he's like this is what I saw George Farid who is like I'm treating people with Ivermectin who are in their 80s, and they're getting better in 12 hours You see a Joe Rogan and Aaron Rodgers uh, and Nicki Minaj uh, You all these little things so when you come on and now you're just telling your story It's mm-hmm. I think it's very important to sort of talk about how you figured it out because like that that final world series out when you start to look at it from all these different angles right? It's like a 3D model of like, it's like Google Earth or something, like a 3D model where you zoom in on Manhattan, you stitch together from thousands of different photos. And the more photos you have, the better and more accurate representation of the objective thing, the Empire State Building, you can get. So I think it's very important to talk about just, I had never heard that, the the hospital beds going away, or the how quickly can we get everyone vaccinated? And we're like, hey, guys, wait, 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 wait. it's it's I've had on, I know I'm rambling now, I've had on Dr. Ken Alliback the first deputy director of biopreparat, the Soviet Union's bioweapon program. He defected to the U.S. in 92. They were putting Ebola and Marburg and the heads of ICBMs. I mean, real James Bond, you know, Dr. Evil shit. Stephen Hatfield, uh, Dr. Nass, these anthrax experts. There is definitely like, sure, maybe the discussion should be how quickly can we vaccinate 100% of the population if it's weaponized Ebola. But... This gets weird when you're like, hey, not it's not to make light of the people who've died. Hey man, like 99.7% survival rate? What's mm-hmm. what's going on? And you start to pull on that string, and it's okay, well, now we have these corporations who are, you know, they're immune from they're immune from legal repercussions. They're making yes. record-breaking profits. There's yeah. never let a tragedy go to waste. There's huge, there's huge evidence here for let's let's boost government programs let's crack down on control i mean this is a dictator's wet dream you can no longer travel you can no longer go into this store you spoke out against this Uh uh-oh there goes your covid pass yeah all these little things start to piece together as dr mccullough and dr malone both say you almost you almost want to ignore it because the image that's coming together is too dark to really grasp it's too dark to come to terms with and not to put words in your mouth. I speak for myself, obviously not for you, but it, like you said, you, you think there are these pockets of evil, a Jeffrey Dahmer, a, an ISIS cell. And you're just kind of these things where you're like, eh, yeah, that's what happens. There's evil in the world. But CDC, FDA, Sanjay Gupta going on Rogan, like, you know, I used to feel so smart and snooty in college when I was pre-med and when I would eat lunch, I would watch Dr. Sanjay Gupta, like pat myself. And he's sitting there going like, this is horse paste. And you have Rogan. I love him. But like a a tatted up meathead going, what are you talking about? This was used. This won the Nobel peace prize for human trials. Like, and you're like, oh, it's one thing when, you know, someone like an enemy lies to you. It's another thing. if like a family member stabs you in the back and that's, Kind of the vibe I got from this, like, oh, wait, like the red, white, and blue, like b- b- bad guys are here. It, I'm rambling now. I don't really know where I'm going with this. So, but yeah, man. No, no
0: I think, it, no, I think it's brilliant. You brought up a, a ton of great points. And before zooming out to kind of the macro point about the puzzle pieces, um, on, on the micro, as far as the ivermectin and Sanjay, you know, Sanjay was pretty reasonable on Rogan, pretty reasonable. He said, well, maybe they shouldn't have said it. Yeah. That said, you know, it was like a week or two later and you know, he was on, they had that Sesame street special where he's talking about, and I like Sanjay, I appreciate Sanjay. And uh, you know, he's based out of Emory and um, you know, where I trained, I don't know him um, by any stretch, but uh, that said, you know, then they're doing that special with CNN and Sesame street, talking about how you're going to prevent the spread. You're going to stop the spread. I can't remember the exact words, but it was very strong that, these kids getting the shots was going to stop the spread to grandmas. And we know full well now that that is not the case at all. Um, not even a little. So especially with time and, and that sort of thing, and one little tweak of the, of the spike protein through natural variation or otherwise, and now you don't have the keys anymore because your body wasn't allowed to see the entire thing. So all it does is, you know, the virus changes its hat then yeah. nobody's got any protection anymore. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it seems that every system works the way in which it's designed and that's kind of the way it's working out. They've got their passes set up for six or eight or however many punch holes, you know, on your way to the store and uh, on your way to wherever they're taking us, we can talk about it another time. But um, the horse dewormer thing is kind of funny too. So aside from the, aside from all of the, the fact that, you know, won a Nobel peace prize and all that, one of the things I spoke about at our Capitol when I was giving a speech was are anesthesia drugs, like every single one of them are used by veterinarians for anesthesia for animals. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, if you're looking at that, from that perspective, you say, now I would never take it away from anybody that said, but you know, if all these journalists out there, so-called journalists are out there talking about horse dewormer and how irresponsible it is to take, you know, horse medicine for people to be doing this right. And painting the narrative, I guess when they come in for their surgeries, we should let them know that we also use these on horses and, you know, expect them to hold to their principles and just ask to go old school. Yeah. Um, Because that would fit their narrative because if it's used on a horse, it can't be used on a human. So I guess you can't have anesthesia anymore either. But that said, you know, getting that message to them is one thing. But uh, one one last point on, you know, the puzzle pieces. I think that's one of those things that we've been – trained over time. There's some people who break through it, like you, Tommy, who just, you know, you look for things, you see things that don't make sense, you don't just accept it and move on and try to stay comfortable. You actually dig in and try to find out why. That could be a good reason, bad reason, whatever, but you want to know why, because everything does happen for a reason. And if, you know, we talk about evidence-based medicine, I've been trying to tell people, you also, aside from that, which we're not living in evidence-based medicine right now. It's more like mockingbird medicine, Milgram experiment medicine, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. But we're talking about, we're just taking all of our cues. We say the evidence is whatever the CDC tells us it is. You know, the interpretations of the study is whatever they tell us it is, rather than actually looking at the evidence for ourselves. And with so many great minds out there and great people who mean well, but, you know, a lot of these people have functionally become a part of the system and a part of the agenda but it's too uncomfortable for them to look out and see that bigger picture. And it's also kind of hard because there's so many little pieces and they're all scattered and some of them are quite scary. But you know, what I try to tell people is that it's important. And the more, the more of these pieces you look at, the more you will find that there's evidence well beyond a reasonable doubt that these things are going on. The conspiracy is a real thing. It's a word for a reason. Uh, it's in court filings for a reason. Martha Stewart went to prison in part based upon conspiracy charges. Yeah, we hear the word, and it's radioactive. We play defense. Oh, uh, it's not a conspiracy. No, no, that's exactly what it is. Um, you have two people planning to rob a bank—that's conspiracy to, for robbery. Two people plan to, you know, kill someone—that is conspiracy to commit murder. Anything has a conspiracy where two or more people conspire together. Plan it. It's a separate, uh, a separate charge in law. And so, when they look at the evidence, though, so they're going to find out. That There is a great amount, well beyond a reasonable doubt, that there is a bigger agenda, that there's a lot of players in it. It's quite confusing. It's hard to discern all this stuff. You know, they're not playing checkers. Uh, They're playing some high-level chess. I mean, you got world power, trillions of dollars, all these other things before we get into the darker side of the agenda. And they're not going to play checkers. It's just never the way they were going to play. And when you look at it, you will find that evidence says that our world's a lot different than what they've told us. And we've kind of led to believe. And, you know, we can either be comfortable as a society and as a bunch of educated people. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait, you take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. People um, and just continue to stay comfortable until it becomes so uncomfortable we can't do anything anymore to stop it because we have fed this beast the entire time. Or we can get a little bit uncomfortable to actually save our futures and save our children's futures. Um, You know, this doesn't end. If it's not clear to everybody by now, as you well know, I'm sure, Tommy, you know, they're not going to stop. Yeah. They're not going to stop. There's no going back to normal. So we can make a better normal or we can go where they want us to go. But I'd rather take the reins, be uncomfortable and figure it out as best we can from far away and then all work together and make this thing better.
1: Yeah, it's like uh, that quote, change, like change, change in the way you'd like to before you have to before you have to. So it's like, do the thing now before you have to. I mean, it's yeah. That's the other thing. It's it's not, it's not gonna stop. And you know, on the whole conspiracy side note, for instance, nine eleven is objectively a conspiracy. Now, is it a cloak and dagger CIA or was it nineteen hijackers? Whoever it was, it was a conspiracy. So, just a little side yeah. note. And also, there are yeah. declassified papers from the CIA in 1972 saying to start addressing uh, people who question mainstream narratives as conspiracy theorists. And then over time, they'll turn it into a radioactive term. That's all declassified stuff. That in mm-hmm. itself is a conspiracy to label the term conspiracy as radioactive. I don't yeah. care. You, They call it conspiracy. I call it, I'm just looking at everything.
0: Mm-hmm. If your
1: truth holds up, if your truth is science, if I tell you gravity is 9.81 meters per second square, I don't say trust the science. Trust the science, mm-hmm. Dr. Williams. What do you do? Just trust it. No. I, I have no... I don't need to defend it. It's the St. Augustine quote, right? Truth is like a line. You need not defend it. Simply let it out of its cage.
0: Yeah.
1: You can do your gravity experiments. You can get all your your high-speed cameras, and you can put it in a vacuum, go to the moon, and drop a feather. You can do whatever. And eventually, you come back, and you go, it's not that Tommy's telling the truth. It's 9.81 meters. It's just what it is when you have to squash everything else when you have to mm. censor you have to censor these guys we're talking out about it. i mean dr mccullough dr malone farid tyson saeed hodkinson all of these guys yeah that is a conspiracy to shut all that down and then furthermore you don't even need to like float out into the upper atmosphere of like what is this the mark of the beast is this an illuminati you can just go well, well hold on like What's the simplest conspiracy? Let's just not even go into the full, dark, controlling, great reset. Let's just the simplest conspiracy. Follow the money. Are people making money off this shit, right? I mean, I remember in college learning about enantiomers, right? And the professor Mm -hmm. always uses the analogy enantiomers is what you can use to not only change the chirality, but you can also avoid like uh, your patent running out. You have modafinil, (laughs) change it to adrafinil, change it to armodafinil you just tweak it it's the same thing right it's do you want zoloft or do you want levo milnacipram pram and it's what's different well the hydrogen atoms backwards but oh it's 500 dollars a pill instead of a penny no. at the simplest level without even going into some you know it's the global elite at the simplest level they're yes. just making excuse my french they're just making a fuck ton of money Oh, absolutely!
0: I, yeah. Tens of billions of dollars. It, tell me that's not motivation for companies that have already been fined billions of dollars for shady practices. Twelve right? you years don't have ago, to get dark.
1: twelve uh, years ago, Pfizer, two thousand nine. Yeah. This isn't even like well, that was two hundred years ago. It was twelve years ago. I, no. I, it it's right in the rearview mirror. Two point three billion dollars. We know it's there. There are also you can go a little farther back. Thalidomide, right? The uh, the birth control pill bag, and I think it was under the JFK administration. And it was, you know, okay. give it to everyone and if you try to block it, you're a Nazi. In reality, it was like, well, no, we don't know what effects it's going to – or was it birth control? Whatever it was, it led to babies. It was anti-Nazi
0: medicine during pregnancy. Oh, uh, I'm um,
1: completely – that was completely off. Regardless, it led to the birth of That's flipper enough. babies, babies without limbs but rather flippers. There are these things right in the rear view view mirror, right? I mean, uh, uh, the big grain company is paying off Harvard to make the the food pyramid so that, hey, you got to have a ton of grains. Uh, You know, nine out of 10 doctors smoke Lucky Strikes. All this stuff is right there that it's the simplest state. It's this. And, yeah, when the spike protein puts on a new hat or puts on the glasses with the mustache, you can go, oh, roll out boosters, baby. That's money, money, money. But to perhaps not have people shut this podcast off and go, "Oh, here are a couple of conspiracy theorists." Yeah. Let's just keep it at the simplest level. I personally think it's much more dark and insidious and complicated. There's evidence. There is a, lot, a lot of evidence. It. It's a lot of evidence, man. But but
0: yeah, we'll keep it here. Yeah, you have plenty to talk about. Well before that, that's yeah. what I tell
1: people. Yeah. So and and so it's not that I don't want to discuss that stuff. It's for the people who are on the fence. Let's just look Mm -hmm. at the simplest conspiracy. We won't float off. We'll go, hey, is there money to be made? Yeah. I mean, come on. Before 2019, there wasn't a person in the world who said Big Pharma is good, let alone a classically liberal person who is now dying on a hill to defend. I mean, Occupy Wall Street was what, a decade ago? And so with that, What other pieces of evidence, what other phone angles of the final out can you talk about within your experiences as a doctor that, so with whether it's the rush for 100% vaccination or the removing of the hospital bed data inputs, what other little features are there that do stitch together the greater image of something going on? We don't have to say what the thing is, just say something is going on. Yeah, I think
0: that, and I believe Dr. McCullough I've, you know, had the opportunity to listen to some of his talks before. I think he says something, you know, that's very similar to this, but all roads lead to this vax. And, you know, when I look at it and every single error, every exaggeration, every miscalculation, every every way that a, a PCR test is tweaked, it goes up too high every single one of these elements. Uh, factually, uh, demonstrably, full evidence, they always lead in the same direction, which is to this new mRNA-based therapy that never really made it through animal trials. And how is that even possible? Just from the macro level, it's really not. Now, from, from a more specific level, okay, you've got, you know, I was looking at the natural immunity piece, um, the, uh, the allergy, the PEG allergy, which, you know, that was even in Moderna's SEC filings in 2018, that they may never even be able to bring their products to market because of the high risk of anaphylaxis from the PEG contained within their quote unquote vaccine. So they well knew about this beforehand, yet it's buried like four levels deep, you know, in the fine print. And so the people administering don't know. So even if the people know they have that allergy, which isn't a whole lot, they usually just stop taking whatever topical or thing in there it just doesn't agree with me, I get a rash, they move on. They never know it's PEG. But, um, even if whoever's administering it and those people, even if it's li- written on their chart at that end user level, no, one's going to have a clue with the fact that they never told anyone. And so that was, you know, that's one piece. Um, another one is the natural immunity. And it always struck me just from a basic level. And I think people on any side of this we're on the same team. We just don't all know it yet, but, um, when you look at that, everybody, it resonates, right? That, that natural has worked. Again, it's not that novel. And it's a coronavirus. It's a beta coronavirus. So we know through studies and things that, you know, there's multiple studies out there. So there's crossover immunity for a good, you know, certain good percentage of the population, if you actually test them, crossover immunity from like cold viruses, which include other things like rhinoviruses, adenoviruses, etc., but there's crossover immunity at a baseline for some people, period. So why would you even take any risk? Now, further, you go into all the people that have had it. There's virtually no disease that we don't develop a really good and robust natural immunity to, I mean, if you make it through the first time. And you know, I think one of the things that's nice to point out here, I think we really should point out, because this gets conflated, and I've heard medical people from across the country, and I've heard some people say this, they say, we've known for 100 years that getting a vaccine is better than natural immunity. What they're doing is they're conflating something. They're taking the idea of we give you a true vaccine and a, you know, an attenuated or weakened whole virus that your body can pick out, your immune system can pick out all the pieces of, and you can figure out, you know, what to do with that later on, versus you going to a COVID party down the street and hoping you make it through it with zero treatment whatsoever. And so that's what they're conflating, but that's not true. And also you're not accounting for all the people, which, I mean, heck, the latest numbers I heard, 120 plus million people. So that's before the beta coronavirus crossover with the cold viruses. That's before all of that, let alone just your risk factors, period, you know, 0.003% chance of dying for for all comer kids. And they're astronomically low. So they're conflating that piece, but we don't have vaccines, you know, public service announcements. We don't have vaccines. That's not what we're getting here in the States. Not at all. We're getting mRNA and or DNA-based therapies. We're not getting a true vaccine, which is a whole or attenuated virus, um, a piece of a virus, something like that. Now, what are they using in China? In China, they're actually using true vaccines. Really? They have six that I've seen recently. Yes. Is a discussion that I had one at one point was... Related to, well, how would China give their people and their soldiers this bad stuff if it was so bad for you? Um, You know, we know people are getting variable things in the shots anyway. We've seen the saline shipments and all that kind of stuff, but hard to discern a lot of that. But either way, so, you know, I knew that they weren't giving them what we were getting here with the Pfizer, Moderna and, and, uh, and the Johnson & Johnson. And so I looked into it. Yeah. So they have four that are whole attenuated viruses, meaning like weekend shouldn't be able to replicate. But then your body can figure out, you know, every piece of clothing and, you know, birthmark they have yeah. um, to figure out multiple ways to go at it. And then they had a couple that were based upon pieces of spike protein. They didn't turn you into a spike protein, which is pathogenic, as we know, causing blood clots, myocarditis, neurologic issues, et cetera. They just merely gave them some. So like that's even a more reasonable approach. Then what we're doing, which is turning you into a pathogenic spike protein factory, and then it changes its hats and we make you into the next one. I mean, logically, ethically, scientifically, in every way, shape, or form, none of it makes any sense. And so, yeah, no, China is using actual vaccines. We are not. And people need to, I mean, it's the power of words, right? The power of the word conspiracy, the power of the word vaccine, the power of the word discredited, um, you know, politics versus self-government, all these different things, same sort of thing that's important. And, you know, one last thing, and I'll, sorry, I'll uh, pop off for a second. But, you know, we even looked in 2008 at the 1918 survivors of the Spanish flu. And without even digging into the history of that, which I haven't done a lot of, I've heard there's a lot of shade with that, but don't know, but anything's possible, Um, they tested those people. I, I can't recall how big the study was, but all of them, 90 years later, still had robust immunity to the Spanish flu. We know that anyone on the CDC's website, anyone who was even born before 1957, I believe, if you were just born before then, you were considered immune to measles, period, just because it was so prevalent. Everybody had it. And even if you tested once, you didn't have to go back and test for antibodies because, well, why not? because we know that the immunity was still gonna last. Now we have the issue of some viruses mutating a little more than others, but regardless, we still have a lot of crossover immunity that's going on as well. And you know, you never had to do anything. You didn't have to retest for measles if you had it, period. You just don't have to retest because you know your body's smart enough. They did a study from, 2003, uh, from the 2003 SARS-1 survivors. They did that last year in 20. So 17 years later, all of them still had robust immunity all of them dead. And many of them, I think, I think all of them also had crossover immunity to SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19 as we know it. So, because again, it didn't just focus on a spike protein. It was also on an N moiety and some other areas of that virus. So we already know everything about history says that natural immunity works and works very well. Not that you want to go to that you're 90 years old and you go down to the COVID house sure. and get it. You actually do early treatments. You try to stay away from it. But all of these things are preventative with ivermectin or, you know, what have you. All of those are better options than this, you know, new mRNA-based therapy. And so that was, I mean, especially natural immunity. That's one I focus on a lot because it's so easily demonstrable. We're so ignoring everything we've known in all of history of medicine, and even current. The studies now, even on SARS-CoV-2, are are amazing. They say they've got three of four, 95% of the people in one study that came out roughly January in uh, Science, Nature magazines, and and wherever else, said that 95% of these people still had robust immunity, three of the four different types of main immunity, up to eight months later. Unlikelihood is you keep that, you know, your memory cells, T cells, plasma cells, etc. And the review on this study, so this is a very well done study, reputable institution, on the NIH's website to this day you'll read the two bullet points on it the first one says the results of this study show that 95 percent had greater than whatever robustness the second point says the results of this study give us hope that the vaccines will have similar effects at producing long-lasting and robust immunity i.e stating what we've always known which is that's the gold standard Natural immunity, if you happen to get something, is the gold standard. And they're even admitting it, yet what they say in public to people is entirely different than that. And they take two trumped up studies, one of them from Kentucky, which is a terrible study in terms of being able to draw a conclusion from the design. Uh, You could flip it on its head and it would come out completely different. It wouldn't even matter because the methodology is, is so poor. And those are the ones they basically push in front of all of our known history of natural immunity to say that, oh yes, these you know, quote unquote vaccines are better than natural immunity. And it's absolutely insane and ludicrous for any any physician, one physician, medical student, anyone who looks at that, who has any clue, will see that it is a million miles from the truth um, what they're trying to tell us about that, that comparison and about natural immunity and poo-pooing it and you know, sending it into the dustbin as if it doesn't exist. Um, anyone would see it if they actually just look at it they'll all see it no one can literally disagree yeah
1: i know i said i gotta i gotta go at four can you go a little longer yeah Are you busy
0: no oh, fuck
1: yeah let's go for so it's almost it's what 11 till 4 my time can you go to yeah. like 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 four thirty, four forty five? yeah absolutely fuck yeah all right let me uh let me like can you monologue for a second? I'm gonna text the next guest and and, and be an asshole and push
0: it back an hour. <laughs> oh yeah. you yeah. monologue? Like, yeah, you want me to hang or you want me to say something?
1: Yeah, no, just just talk. I always use the bathroom or go text someone and I uh because I'm oh. lazy and it's e- easier to not edit, I just say, hey, just I don't know, tell people your background. Tell people why you want to get into medicine. I don't
0: know. I'll be back in 30 seconds. <laughs> okay, great. Uh yeah, Tommy. So yeah, I just wanted to get into medicine. I think I not knowing a whole lot of what was out there, period. Um, just wanted to go out and, you know, just the kind of cliched help people. Didn't really know a lot of ways to do that, but thought, hey, I can go try to be a doctor if I can, you know, get so blessed to get in. And luckily was able to do that. Um, and I've never regretted that decision for a day. You know, times are troubling, times are rough. But, you know, I think God puts us where he wants us. Uh, ultimately, and, and I'm very thankful and blessed for all the opportunities that I've had over time and the ability to teach and the administrative responsibilities I've been able to do and the ways I've been able to learn from that. And learning is kind of a lifelong process, and everyone, I think most of the, the public, gets to thinking that as soon as you get a diploma, as soon as you pass a test... That Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously
1: and... 6-1, since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
0: You know, your learning is effectively complete, but there's always more to know, and you don't know what you don't know. So when I had residents in the past, I always tell them, you don't know what you don't know. Just keep reading. Keep looking for new resources. Keep looking for new things, because you will find more. No one in any field of anything knows every single thing there is to know about their fields. So I think that also applies to what's going on in life. And, you know, just because the media tells you, hey, there's no there there. Uh, that's a conspiracy. Throw a label on it. Or, you know, you're done with your learning. Why, you know, Keep it simple, stupid. I don't know if that was by design or not, but effectively a lot of people run by that. Now, a couple of things, you know, um, love and follow God, uh, you know, treat one another as you want to be treated golden rule. Yeah, cool. Keep that simple. Um, but otherwise I think life's a lot more complicated. And it's also a lot more interesting and a lot more fulfilling when you do look into these things, you just have to battle past, you know, the uncomfortable things you find along the way. So.
1: Most of the times when I tell people, uh, monologue a lot of them will just stand here sit here and just stare at the camera and the reason i don't do it is because it's i can't explain it's not it's really not interesting it's so much easier to just not splice up the podcast it's just and to just make it one and done it's just it's a whole it's just a whole headache so that's why i don't cut it out so thank you most people don't talk some people just sit here and they just give you the the serial killer like you know the mugshot. And you're like all right a little weird but uh thank you um yeah, so one, th- one thing you said earlier that I really liked, and I do think it's very important, and it's kind of the crux of everything that I stand for or at least try to stand for is we're all on the same team. We just don't all know it yet. And that, to me, that really is like the truth of all of this. When people are like, you know, again, Tommy, why are you crusading against this? And I'm like, I want to find out what's going on. And if I'm wrong, dude, I'm wrong. And it's going to be embarrassing there's going to be a hundred episodes of me interviewing doctors and people are going to look back and i'm going to be the flat earth guy hey all right no harm done i'm an idiot but when i'm looking at this and it's again it's the whole conspiracy thing when you say all roads lead to the vaccine that is why i always have a soft spot for conspiracies because When you say you believe something is a a conspiracy, people will often project what they think it is in their response to you. So you say, uh, I think the JFK assassination and subsequent uh, report are a conspiracy. They will inadvertently tell you their own conspiracy. They'll go, oh, so you believed it was the CIA? I didn't say that. What I think is... Was it the Soviet Union and was Oswald a lone actor? And did we know it was the Soviet Union? We didn't want to escalate it to nuclear war. Well, there's one example. Was it not so much? I mean, the head of CIA counterintelligence, James G. Sangleton, did have a file on Oswald going back to 59, three years before, four years before JFK was killed. Now, does that imply that he was an agent or does that imply that they're covering up because they're like, oh, shit, we dropped the ball and we let the president get killed. It's my ass cover it up, that's a conspiracy. Was it the mob working with Oswald because Kennedy's brother was prosecuting the mob? That's a conspiracy. You don't, when you say, I think it's a conspiracy, that doesn't mean you think it's one thing. You just go, there's evidence to say that we don't know the full story. Was 9-11 a conspiracy? Sure, it's weird. How did 19 guys get through this? Was it Saudi Arabia? Did we cover that up to avoid World War III? Were there people in the intelligence agency that covered it up because it would be their ass if they went, we have a trillion-dollar budget and we managed to let 19 assholes with box cutters get us? It could be as simple as that. It could be nefarious as Dick Cheney pulling the strings. So when it comes to all of this, is like, just because you think it's a conspiracy doesn't mean, and you know I get passionate when my face starts to turn red, doesn't mean that you think it's X, Y, or Z. It means you think there's something going on and you want to find out what is going on. And all you can do is very simply, the easiest way to kind of find out which way it's going is going who benefits from this or what were the actions that came from. So what happened with JFK gone? Let's not discuss how it got there. What happened with him gone? Well, we ramped up the war in Vietnam. We decided to keep the space race going with the Soviets, and the military-industrial complex just went on unchallenged. Okay, what happened after 9-11? Well, we made $5 trillion for defense contractors, and we destabilized the Middle East and had a monopoly on oil. Okay, just you don't need to say what happened. What was the end result? Who benefited? So with this, you don't need to say... Did it come from a lab in Wuhan as part of a warfare initiative to, you know, destroy us because of the trade war? Did it happen naturally between a bat and a pangolin? Did it blah, 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 blah? Just let's zoom out. And what is it leading to? And it's what McCullough says. Just zoom out. All roads lead to the vaccine. That doesn't doesn't mean you're taking a stance on what this is. That doesn't mean you're saying it's depopulation. It doesn't mean you're saying it's controlling the constricting movement of people, which is what I think it is doesn't mean you're saying it's just a money grab it just you're just zooming out and you're going all roads lead to this even if it really was just a virus that came out of nature and there's no conspiracy behind it i mean the end result is the same yeah you know, every, everything leads to the vaccine so but when the things that lead to the vaccine aren't as simple as it's a virus coming out of nature when it's a coordinated suppression of science, the Trusted Nugent Initiative, shutting down guys like Dr. Robert Malone, inventor of the mRNA vaccine, or Dr. Peter McCullough, the most published cardiologist in world history. When you're shutting down these things, when there's character assassinations against generics that cost pennies and have been studied for decades, like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, well, now when all roads lead to the vaccine, you go, okay, maybe it's not as simple. So I hope I'm kind of putting my, I hope I'm, Kind of coalescing my thoughts but it's That's we're weird. all on the same team i mm-hmm. just want to find out why jfk was whacked i just want to find out what maybe the planes hit the towers because it really was as simple as hey we've been bombing the middle east and they were like hey fuck you guys i'm gonna give you a black eye it might be that it might have been okay. a bat and a pangolin getting it on i don't know but i want to find out why not just for my own intellectual curiosity but i just want to find out and people that are against you finding out man we're on the same side i want to find out why this happened i want to find 99 percent of my most loved ones in my life have taken the vaccine like i don't want this to be a bad thing if i wanted that i'd be wishing death upon all my family and friends i just want to find out what's going on i'm kind of rambling now but that's does that get to what you were saying earlier with just all roads lead to the vaccine
0: well, yeah, absolutely. And again, it's just evidence. I think we've been so you had a lot of good points in there, um, including, you know, I think we've all been conditioned, you know, you've been conditioned, you hear the word conspiracy and immediately it's radioactive. So even if you want to go look, you don't know where to look. You feel like you're going to get put on a list if you go look. And so hence there's a really big detraction. And if you mentioned to somebody like, you know, Hey, I'm kind of questioning what happened with nine 11. There was some weirdness in the story you know, there's a few verifiable things that were way too big of coincidences to not have been, you know, coordinated. Then, you know, you become radioactive yourself. Now you don't get invited to, you know, golf or you, whatever uh-huh. social event. And so there's a huge <laughs> disincentive because we've all been trained to do that jumping, that first radioactive turn away, mock, anyone who, you know, mm-hmm. mentions anything again, back to the uh, countering criticism of the Warren report, um, CIA document back in the day. I mean, they've yeah. been studying this stuff for decades. Yeah, mock them. Uh, and do it very them. well. Yeah, ostracize them, oh, oh, you're that guy. Yeah, and so, and then now in the, in the medical sense, you know, you you get all those things, you, you know, you get ostracized at a minimum, you get, uh, you lose your job as a reasonably likely outcome. And then uh, you also might lose your license ultimately. And with those are very powerful detractors from people actually looking into it. And so it's much easier to kind of mock and think simplistically to jump to those conclusions. Oh, well, you think that this is the issue if you throw out a question. No, you kind of put words into my mouth. I'm saying that there's things that don't add up and there's evidence to say that the official narrative that's coming out, that's being, you know, mockingbird parroted across every you know channel of information is not necessarily true and you can verify it. So why is that, you know? It, it's like, in some ways, I equate it to someone with possibly like a cancer coming up. And they've got a cancer, they've got a few different, you know, maybe they've got a cancer history in their family. Um, They've got a little bit of a cancer coming up, and then they start to notice some other weird things. And rather than going to look at it and trying to deal with it while you still potentially can, you kind of just like, throw it under the rug. And say, no, no, this isn't anything. This is nothing. You know, it's just, I have a stomachache. I've got this. Um, you know, it's just my diet, I think. And you can spend months and months doing that until eventually you're in a really bad spot that you can't turn around. And the same thing might go with an uncomfortable reality for people now finding out that there are these other agendas at play. Yeah. It's hella uncomfortable. I've had many of my moments with these verifiable type of, of evidence-based um, conclusions, uh, that I've come to over time. And there's still tons I'm working on tons. I don't know. And if the evidence says something different, I'll change my mind. You know, as you said, you know, if you keep looking at it, it's wrong, then that's fine. Like I wish that all this stuff was wrong with COVID, right? You do too. Yeah. We wish that there was nothing nefarious going on. Um, but you're not sticking your neck out there. And all these people are not sticking their necks out there with a whole lot to lose like Dr. McCullough and Robert Malone and all these people, they're not doing it just for fun or to be contrarian. They're doing it because they're looking at the actual evidence, which is mo- what most people have been trained not to do. And I just tell people, you one of the more uncomfortable, do you think it's uncomfortable now to actually look into this stuff and start to put the pieces together? A lot of pieces, yeah. a lot of pieces. Nobody knows the whole puzzle. We only know pieces of it, you know, parts of it um, that we can see fairly clearly uh, once you look for a while. But um, what's gonna be really uncomfortable Is and I think God's going to help intervene here. And I think, you know, things are going to turn out amazing. I think it's going to be rocky in the process, but for these people who don't want to look, these people who only want to mock, but they kind of have noticed that things are uncomfortable, things don't make sense. And there's a whole lot of things that don't make sense about our world in general before COVID and now afterwards. It's going to be really uncomfortable finding out that you didn't do anything to help and potentially something bad happened to your children and you promoted it and you put it on Facebook and you didn't realize the evil that this could have come from at the very top. That's not the doctors down at the you know level pushing it and you know believe they're doing the right things and believe the CDC and FDA. But it's going to be really uncomfortable, not only knowing that you could have done something about it, also knowing that you mocked a lot of the people trying to bring it to you, um, to great um, loss for themselves. And that's not the biggest deal. We don't. I'd rather not have I told you so. You know, none of us would, right? And you're the same way, Tommy. And that and also that it really wasn't that hard to find. It wasn't that hard to find the information if they had just simply looked. That scares me that scares me that someday I would look back and say, you know what? I didn't even bother to look because the media told me the CDC Fauci told me, even though they lied to me a million times, they told me that I should just trust them. And so I trusted them and I took my kids and, you know, the future of our civilization down this pathway and I could have easily found it.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, and you know, and that's not to say that, you know, everyone that's against what we're saying is in on it or a bad person. I mean, I I think McCullough said it well. He goes, because I think 99% of people that got the vaccine aren't doing it to bash other people over the head. They're doing it because they're being taken advantage of. They think they they you think you're doing the patriotic thing. It's, you know, it's 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 right after 9/11. You see something, you say something. You don't it's not that you're like, "Hey, I'm part of the police state now." You, yeah. you go and join the TSA. You're like, "Yeah, you know, my cousin's whatever died in the North Tower. I'm, I'm going to do my like what am i doing right now why am i interviewing all these people is it because i'm part of the rebellion and we're part of ivermectin no i legitimately think there's something going on and i want to try to expose it and i want to figure it out at the risk of avoiding something much greater and it's that's one thing and it's also it is it's very uncomfortable there's no fun part of this i mean i mean I literally have an American flag behind me. I'm the biggest rah-rah American there is. I have on all these eight special forces guys. I love it. I, I'm biased towards it. I think we're the greatest ever. I get it. I am. I am the stereotype of the USA. Like I get it, and I and I know it. Right. This is my sports team. This is the one I cheer for. I love it. I understand that. Man, it's not. It's not comfortable going back and looking at something like, like September 11th. Like, it's not, you don't want to be that guy that's, oh, you think it's this? No, but
0: if it truly... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a
1: reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a
0: thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: He is objective. Hey, Tommy, gravity is 9.81 meters per second squared. Dr. Williams, go look into it. That's fine. But when you start to look at it, you go, let's just, all right, was there anything weird about it? And you're like, oh, all right, well, right off the bat, you know, a a year before it, the Project for a New American Century said absent a new Pearl Harbor, America will lose its standing in the world. You're like, all right, well, maybe that's a coincidence. How come the morning of, we were running an operation called Operation Vigilant Guardian, where we were running a, a practice run for what would happen if planes were hijacked,
0: Wow, oh, didn't know that.
1: September 11th, 2001. Vigilant. Now, granted, let's play devil's advocate. We had also been doing an Operation Vigilant Guardian every year for about 10 years. But they changed. Sometimes it was about a naval invasion. Sometimes it was about nuclear war. But little odd of all days. It was that day about planes being hijacked. So when they did have to scramble NORAD fighters, they said, is this real world or is this a drill? Odd things. Again, a cover-up might have been, I cannot believe, you know. Maybe the terrorists outsmarted us. They found out we were doing a drill that day, and they're like, hey, let's mirror the drill. It might be that. I get it. It might be something much darker. Regardless of what it is, both outcomes, either, oh, the terrorists are a lot smarter than we thought, they're not just idiots in a cave, or our own government perpetrated this. Both outcomes, and it has to be one of them, because that's an objective fact. We were running Operation Vigilant Guardian on that day. They're both uncomfortable. One says they're not idiots in a tent in the middle of the desert they're very cunning. The other says, oh my God, did we do this? It's not fun to go up to it and look at it. It's much easier to go, oh, it was, it was a bad day. It was a day that will live in infamy, but you know, we got them. It's not fun to look at it and go, all right. you know. I always bring this, I lost a brother to suicide and I knew he was you know, in a bad place for several years. And I tried my hardest to help him. So did my parents, so did my brothers. But there's also... It's easier to say in hindsight, you know what you should have done. But at the time, you don't know. You can't just go in and say, hey, we're taking you home. You have to look at it and you're like, is this, I mean, he was getting a graduate degree at Georgia Tech. It might have just been really stressful. Like, I don't know that. I don't know what's going on in your life. The hard truth is I have to go, you know, right after you protect yourself and you go mental and this is a disease. There's nothing we could have done. And that's very true. I do believe that. But you also have to look back and go, the reality is there's probably more I could have done. Could I have done enough to prevent it? I don't know. I don't know. But it's not complete. I can't completely wash my hands and go, Melt, mental illness is an illness. It's not an aneurysm that just happens. Could I have, and who knows? Maybe I go back in time and we run that simulation a trillion times and I go, oh, wow, this really was inevitable. I couldn't have done something. But the reality is, could I have visited him one more time? Could I have been more firm? Who knows, and maybe the answer is no. But that's an uncomfortable thing. I don't like doing that. I was pre-med in college. This is what I wanted to do, and I meditate every day. And I started to realize around my junior year that, you know, hey, I might not be too happy. And I, I don't want push that, I don't wanna look at that. I'm gonna be a doctor. I'm gonna have a white coat, Dr. Kerrigan. And it starts coming up more and more. Man, I don't want to address that. This is what I've been doing. I've built myself around this. This is going to be what, what am I going to do? Change my major, my senior year? No, I'm going to be a doctor. Eventually, and like you said, you can address it now when it's uncomfortable, or you can address it in a year when it's a lot more uncomfortable, or you're going to be forced to address it one day, and you won't even be able to change it. So I, straight edge kid, you know, I smoke pot occasionally, but I always got bad anxiety. I went into the belly of the beast the day I graduated college. I went into the woods with my best friend. We took some psychedelic mushrooms. I've been terrified of psychedelics my whole life. I was like, These are th- I'm going to go crazy. But I was like, let's get down to the core of my soul. We went out there and we sat in a field on a sunny day, We meditated for like seven hours. And I went deep down inside and I looked it in the eye and my soul said, hey, you don't want to be a doctor and that's okay. You can go do something else and love what you do. Still work hard. Not only that, you could still help people. And I came out of it on the other side and I went, Oh, wow, I don't want to be a doctor anymore, but I can still. And I felt new and I felt, you know. And then granted, it was seven years of unimaginable terror of trying to find out what I wanted to do and build a podcast and get it to work. But man, I look at it now and I'm like, I'm 31 now. By now, I'd probably be a physician. I'd be finished with medical school and residency. And I'd still be, you know, going to bed every night and going, Oh fuck, I'm really not happy. You know, what am I going to do now or even worse, what could I have done? What if I had just said, what if I had just said screw it? Let's start a podcast. What if I had said that? And that will eat at you forever. And so, these are my own personal experiences, and I understand they're not the same as a global pandemic, but the process of discovery is I believe almost identical. It's uncomfortable. No one wants to do it. You don't When there's a knock at your door you hope it's the mailman and not i don't know someone saying hey uh, your family's dead you don't want that when the lights go on behind you you don't want to get pulled over and then you realize the cop rushes by you and gets the guy in front of you and you're like "Fuck yeah man it's uncomfortable but you have to address these things and again like it'd be so much easier to still be on youtube and growing my podcast into a business instead, I'm going, you know, it's fall on the sword and interview these doctors like Dr. Williams. We're going to sit here and talk about verboten. You know, it's mRNA therapy. It is a bioweapon. It's part of a global plan to shut down human movement and then control people's thoughts and actions. Everything you're saying, and I know I've been ranting for like 10 minutes now, but everything I'm saying is the same as you. Like, dude, we're all on the same team. And furthermore, I don't want this to be true, but. We've got to start looking at it because in the end, if it's so much worse than what we think it is, being embarrassed by your friends, getting called out is going to be the last of your worries. Hey, I get it all the time. Friends that haven't talked to me in years will go out of their way to talk to me, to tell me just how fucking crazy I am. Dude, you're spreading misinformation about COVID. I knew you thought nine. Hey man, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like being around, you know, family members at holidays and they kind of roll their eyes. Hey, it's this. It's not fun. It's a very effective tactic to shut down discourse. No one likes to be laughed at or hear people talking about you behind your back and you got to fucking pretend you don't hear it. It sucks. But you know what sucks a lot worse? Not doing anything, letting the evil arise and then going, well, I could have fought it, but I was really embarrassed about being called a whack job. And I mean, I, I, it's so those are all my experiences, and I, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. Just start looking now. Just start looking and find out for yourself and let the chips fall where they may. And maybe, you know, maybe it can't be stopped. Maybe it's a, a global plan that, that can't be stopped. Man, at least go to your death knowing you tried. Like, even if it all goes to shit, at least make your peace with your own God and go, hey, you know what? I tried to stop it, but it was a totalitarian system. of control a century in the making perpetrated by trillion dollar governments. You know, I tried my hardest with my webcam. Like, so you get what I'm saying. I'm kind of rambling now.
0: No, no, absolutely. No, I I mean, so many great points again. And, <laughs> you know, it, speaking to, you know, to your brother as well, um, you know, first, sorry to hear that. It's just sure. terrible Appreciate tragedy. It. And, and, um, you know, but as far as you looking back, I mean, I think it's always a good exercise to look back on anything, even our successes, um, to see if there's anything we could have done better, not from a bad perspective. Everyone thinks that any sort of criticism is something bad and to be shied away from, because again, uncomfortable. But that said, I think the bigger piece of that story was that you were trying. You were trying, you were trying, and you were trying more. And a lot of people right now aren't even trying. We're not trying to see do we have a cancer within our society, for instance? You know, do we have a cancer within the higher levels of our government? Uh, that doesn't mean well for us, that's growing, that's metastasizing. You know, go back to JFK, for we are surrounded around the world by a ruthless monolithic conspiracy, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, Guerrillas by night, not marching armies by day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, conscripted, conscripted uh, vast amounts of resources and, and people and, uh, you know, including scientific community, mm-hmm. labeled off, rattled off all of the military, etc. And, you know, if that was happening, and he's saying that in '62, I believe it was. You know, did that really change? Did something like take that down over time? Who would be we've heard about it if that was that was going on? Um, people each actually need to just start trying. And It starts with trying, and then you find a better way because there's a lot of. You, here's one thing that's an optimistic note, And that no one believes that a really cancer cures could be hidden. Right? They don't believe that there's all these great things or maybe these great technology out there that exists, that they would really hide it from us. You can't believe that that's even possible unless you already know or believe that evil could truly exist. When you look at the evidence and you see what's been going on, you see the links they'll go to, and let's just keep it at money, Um, what they'll do for money and or keeping control of an industry there's not much of anything these people wouldn't do. And so, if you can break through this rather than going the path that we seem to be headed, um which I think is going to get turned around, but the path they want us to go down, the narrative and the illusion makes it look like it's a lot of real world too. don't you know people want to take that always to the extreme, right? But there's a lot better world that we can create in so many different ways. If people open their minds and kind of get out of this box, I, I tell people, you know, And there's plenty of evidence to say that you know, kind of, we are living in the matrix to a good degree, most of us, at least in some parts. And and I can go through like clips of videos, books, then people talking about it, all the proof going through the entire thing about how they create the matrix and how we self-sustain it. Um, But they didn't leave the keys and the tools to break down the box within the box. Yeah, you have to reach outside of what they tell you is normal. Well, uh, you know, oh, you can't go to that discredited site. Oh, you can't use Telegram. That's only for you know domestic terrorists. And you know the furthest thing couldn't be from the truth. You know when it, when you're interacting with the truth movement, right? It's so rare. It's almost non-existent. When you hear people talk about even needing to do what our forefathers said, you know, shed blood at the you know the foot of the Liberty Tree, there's pretty well no one that even says that. People are looking for truth, and they're looking for peaceful solutions everywhere. People have to get over the narrative. They have to not jump to conclusions. You are you were spot on, too, about when they kind of reach really far with the conspiracy. And so many times you'll hear, uh, so let's just keep it the COVID. They'll say, oh, well, surely all these doctors, all these nurses everywhere aren't a part of this conspiracy. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. They're just a part of the, the we believe in the narrative that's been crafted to create the conspiracy, and they're the enforcement arm, while they think they're doing something good. Okay, so you don't have to be like a mob. They're on a need-to-know basis. Some people are running probably packages places they don't know what's in them. Mm-hmm. Like in the government, within the military, yeah, people there's high, so highly segmented they don't know, and they keep it that way for a great many reasons. So when people say, "Oh, conspiracy," my my you know brother or sister or my dad's a doctor, you're telling me they're a part of the conspiracy? No. They just happen to be influenced by the information, the people that are puppeteering it. You know, if we go into that, that pathway and that uh, evidence trail, um, and, and that's how you do it. You, you don't create conspiracies by telling every single person the plan. You do it by having the mechanisms by which you get people to believe in certain things and using the human condition to manipulate them into executing your plan. That's what they do. They've studied it for over 100 years. They've studied it quite well. It's brilliant. It's ingenious. Uh Again, they're not playing checkers. So people have to get off this all or none conspiracy thing too. Once you even get past the word. Yeah, that's not it at all. You know, the people that were giving, you know, thalidomide back in the day, they thought they were helping pregnant women with something that they called, I can't remember the exact terms they used, but I remember watching some documentaries on it. And of course we studied it in medical school and they were basically saying it was like, super safe or like could not hurt you. It was these very flamboyant, propaganda style, safe and effective type things that they would say. And so all those people giving it to their pregnant wives, to their pregnant patients, they're not a part of a conspiracy, but they just didn't really, and maybe they didn't have the ability. Like information now is easier for us to come by than likely it was back then for them, right? Um, There wasn't the internet. There weren't ways for people to go around mainstream media like we have now. And so you can't really blame them, but people really just need to get off of this all or none, black or white, left or right, you know, God or science, you know, the in-between is where most everything lies. And the more we get society awoken, and I think every day, everybody becomes a little more supple, right, Tommy? And, you know, more people who've gotten this injection still get COVID anyway, still spread it to their family anyway. I mean, I'm sure you can recount many stories too. I can, I can recount them right now with multiple families um, at work and, and abroad is they become a little more subtle to realizing that maybe 95% effective, you know, relative risk versus absolute risk reduction, et cetera. Again, everything's manipulated. They realize, okay, maybe there is something more to this. And then maybe we'll start listening to Tommy we'll start listening to this Dr. McCullough. He did have pretty excellent credentials right um those are the kind of people that you want to at least give keep an open mind to um and then things will continue to shift and and god will continue to work but it takes a a lot of a lot of effort and a lot of going against the grain again you got to get outside that box look like you're crazy because you're not doing what everybody else does but if it's truth it's truth if you got cancer you got cancer you better deal with it um, or else it's going to consume you so let's just not let it go that direction
1: yeah it's a lot of things i want to touch on there yeah um i mean one is yeah the the whole conspiracy you think every doctor is in on this no no i don't think every doctor is you know they log in at night on their encrypted phone and they're like the plan is going no it's it's hey man Hey, man, all it took was a couple higher-up Nazis to say that uh, Jews are subhuman, it's okay, you can kill them, and if you don't, they're going to kill your grandkids. I had on, a couple weeks ago, Richard Mm -hmm. Rhodes, that Pulitzer Prize-winning author of Making of the Atomic Bomb, one of the most famous books ever written. He has another book called Masters of Death about the SS and the mobile death squads that would come in after the German army invaded. They would come in like a week later, and they'd round up all the Jews and kill them. It was the precursors to the concentration camps. And you always have this image in your mind of, oh, Nazis, these are the most evil people. And hey, full disclosure, they are. But when he was writing about the Einsatzgruppen and how they would line up these women and children in front of ditches and then shoot them, a lot of them would start to break down and they would have to grab each. And in your mind, you have this comical, they're all evil, Sig Heil, yeah, all the doctors are in on it. And you read their journals and their actual testimonies at Nuremberg, and, and hey, again, by all means, they did the crime. They should hang. They should hang. They should have hung. They did hung and they should have. But a lot of them broke down and they'd have to grab each other and going, hey, you know, Hans, why are you crying? I have I have a wife and kids at home. Why I, this isn't war shooting? I don't think it's war either. But the higher up say, if we don't do this now, these kids are going to grow up to kill our kids. All right. OK, we'll do it. We'll do it. And to me, that is so much more. And when I say that, people get, I mean, understandably, they get very, they go, dude, are you humanizing the Nazis? Yes. And the reason I'm doing that is because it's even more evil. If it's, it's evil enough that this happened, the Nazis are evil. Mm -hmm. What's even more horrific is to go, hey man, they thought they were doing the right things. And I'll say it for a third time, they're Nazis and they should be shot dead but they thought they were doing the right thing. And their commanders would go, I know this seems like a, like a gross order that we need to shoot these 30,000 children, but we're doing it for our kids. And they would all, so they start, a lot of them were drinking, they were doing cocaine. They're like, all right, all right, we'll do it for, and a lot of them would commit suicide. And that's actually what led to the concentration camp. Side note, wasn't because it was more efficient, it's because they realized they couldn't keep having soldiers do this because they're breaking down. So that they did all these psychological experiments so if you put them on train cars instead of having to herd them out at gunpoint, if you put them in a in showers with no windows, you wouldn't have to shoot them. If you just pulled the, if you had other Jews pull the bodies out and then put them in pits or crematoria without German soldiers doing it. So the whole creation of the concentration camps wasn't actually because it was more efficient. It was slightly, but that wasn't what caused it. It was because these guys couldn't carry out their plan. So there is an existing "quote unquote conspiracy that Every single no, it took a couple guys at the top. And I'm not Mm -hmm. again, I'm not justifying all these good nuke them. I don't give a shit, they're Nazis. But you look at that and you go oh wow just like dr williams and i think we're doing the right thing these guys thought they were doing the right thing so when you look at that and you go oh my god that's that's what led to this it's so much easier to go ah they're comically evil they you know they played with their mustaches and said hail satan i'm sure some of them did but when you look at the fact that these guys actually thought they were doing the right things to me that is far more terrifying Because now you look at, oh, people today think they're doing the right thing. I work for this big tech company, and I'm squashing all discussion over here. It's the right thing. It's not, ha, 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 stupid white people, although I'm sure there are some of them. A lot of them think they're doing the right thing. When they say telegrams for white supremacists and domestic terrorists, not only is no one talking about refreshing the tree of liberty with the blood of tyrants, if you bring it up, there is normally a wild backlash against that. People are like, fuck off. Hey, it's a Fed. It's a Fed. No one here wants this. No one's taking up guns. Whenever anyone says, guys, it's time to get guns, everyone goes, dude, shut up. Just shut up. We just want to find out the truth about what's in the vaccine. What, you know, We should all take up guns and go to D.C. Everyone's like, dude, get the hell out of here. They are more against this shit than anyone else. Absolutely. So what I'm saying is, No, it's not this grand coordinated thing. It's people that think they're doing the right thing. And just like the people who think they're doing the right thing by censoring you or reporting you or administering the the shots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We also, trying to find out what's going on, like you said, we're all on the same team. We think they're doing the right thing. We need to find out what the actual right thing is and do it. And I know I kind of went on a whole convoluted, analogy there with, with the Nazis and the Einsatzgruppen, but also what you said about enough people kind kind of get a little more malleable to it. You go, there's no such thing as fake news. And then you see the Covington kids thing, and you go, all right, well, you know, Rittenhouse did shoot three black men, and then you find out it was three white guys, and one of them tried to kill him. And you go, all right. It was, a little, it was a little weird, but all right, and, you know, next thing. And then you start to see one by one by one, and you go, this is a little... Odd. Uh, well, vaccine, safe and effective. You can't get COVID. Okay, you can get COVID, but you can't spread it. Okay, you can't you can spread it, but you won't go to the hospital. Okay, but you won't need any more shots, but you won't need a booster, but you won't need a second booster. There are these little things that everyone starts to it's that uncomfortable thing. You go, Alright, I could have addressed this a year ago or now, three shots in and wearing a mask, and I'm still a little uncomfortable. The whole purpose of this this people becoming more supple to it, malleable to it. They also don't, and this is another tactic of of top-down control, they don't want you to know that you're not alone. They want you to think, it's just you, Tommy. It's just you and Dr. Williams. It's just you and Dr. Williams and Dr. McCullough. Literally no one else thinks this. Okay, maybe Malone as well. All right, maybe his 400,000 followers. Okay, maybe it's most people... They don't want you to know that you are in numbers. They want you to think it's just you and no one else. And as more people, and they have the top-down control with big tech censorship, you can make people think, it's just you, it's no one else, right? Why did they get rid of the dislike button on YouTube? Because every video just got ratioed. We need boosters for kids. 100 you know, like buttons, 137,000 dislike buttons. This is the reason you get rid of it. They don't want you to know that you're not alone. Because when you're talking to people, you know, I do a podcast every day. All right, so there's one person. Maybe someone comments. There's another thing. Maybe I talk to someone at Walmart. You know, I'm only interacting with a handful of people a day. Even if they all agree with me, it's only five people. What they don't want you to see is you go on YouTube and you go, hey, I think ivermectin works, and it gets a billion views, Because then you start to go, oh, like we're rolling deep. Like We're an army. We're not a couple of fringe guys. So there are all these things. And so you might be asking yourself, well, how do we fight against this? It's very simple. Just do your part. Play your position. Because there is a critical mass. I don't know what that critical mass is. I'm sure only a supercomputer could figure that out. There is a point when enough people talking out against it. Or expressing their own viewpoints or deciding to take one on the chin and go you know what you guys can think I'm a conspiracy theorist I don't care anymore well then another guy goes actually you know what I'm with you man I do think it's weird that Warren report is weird JFK did give a weird communist speech right before that only two years after Eisenhower gave the military-industrial complex speech which itself was 28 years after General Smedley Butler gave the war as a racket speech there maybe is some something going on it turns into a groundswell of everyone start to the point where It now becomes... You can start to reverse their own tactics. You now start to become the outcast if you don't think it's a conspiracy. Oh, look at this asshole. This guy actually thinks it's safe and effective. Like, you can use their own weapons against them. It can go back against them. So, I always try to kind of bring it around to, like, what can you do? If you see... You know, there's a there's a suicide epidemic, right? There's 22 veterans commit suicide a day. It's very daunting to look at. I'm not a doctor. I can't figure out what's wrong in SSRIs. And well, what can you do? Do you do you have a friend who's down? You can talk to them. What do you do about the Great Pacific uh, Garbage Patch in the ocean that's like bigger than Texas? I I can't go out there and fix it. I don't I have a boat, and I'm scared of the ocean. What I can do is you know, I go to the gym, and I see like a you know. a a, a water bottle on the ground, pick it up and throw it in the recycling dumpster. It's a little thing you can do. So what I always try to bring it out with these podcasts where we're talking about these grand global this and that and it's the presidents are talking about it. And well, if JFK got hel- killed, what the hell am I going to do about it? Well, there are little things you can do. And first is just just state say what's on your mind. You're going to get made fun of. They're going to attack you. But if enough people do it, It gets harder and harder to attack. It's you, it's me, it's McCullough, it's Malone, and then, oh, it's Nicki Minaj, oh, it's Joe Rogan, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers. It starts to gain to to now where the nation of Japan is utilizing ivermectin and destroying COVID cases. It gets bigger and bigger, and it steamrolls shit. I get lost in my own rants. I don't even remember where I was going with this. So. Well, you
0: know, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> so and all of your rants are good times. So, <laughs> um, so I, I like all of them. So, you know, I think, you know, you brought up on a, a really good topic too. And and it's the illusion. Yeah. And they really have crafted and worked hard at creating an illusion. And people say, oh, you know, they they own all these, you know, six companies control 90% of the media. And then we have clear evidence that they coordinate many messages. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's... It's video evidence of verbatim whole segments of the news, over and over again across every station. Yeah. So, and including local news broadcasts. So you've got all this stuff there. Um, they have the ability to create the illusion, and people say, "Oh well, they own you know these certain parts of government. They have these trillions. They've got whatever." Well, guess what? They have to create the illusion because we so outnumber them. If there is a them, and there's plenty of evidence that there's at least some of them that are actually planning and in on plans of of various forms, but they can't even remotely hope to control us. If people actually know the information and will look through the deception and the trickery. If people know like, Oh, I get on telegram and there's going to be millions of people on there that are looking for and spreading truth as best they know it. And of course there's things along the edges. You're like, no, I don't agree with Well, use your discernment. Because, no, if there's this thing called discredited, oh, that website's been discredited, what does that mean? So they were wrong once, so you can never listen to them again in your entire life. They'll never have anything factual or helpful to bring to the masses they're trying to reach ever again. So by that measure, all of mainstream media has been discredited a million times over. And including, you know, before you even get to their stolen valor stories, like, you know, Brian Williams and yeah. and Dan Rather and whoever else did that. Yeah. So, you know, the the ways they kind of paint us into these corners and this illusion um, is wrong. I mean, I, have I been wrong in my life? Absolutely. Has, I mean, none of us are Jesus, right? He's not walking the earth. So all of us have been wrong. That doesn't mean you're discredited or like, I can't ever produce anything of value to anyone again, or, you know, a good friend of mine was wrong about something I thought was important once. That doesn't mean he doesn't have amazing things about the rest. So people need to, you know, get rid of this messenger versus message, that illusion too. They need to like use critical thinking, quit trying to make everything so simple. Um, Look for all these patriots and other people out there who are trying to help people. and They're trying to at least find out what's going on for all the things that don't make sense. There's a reason for everything, but that illusion is the only thing that really keeps us in check. You know, Telegram's not dark web. Using a duck, duck, go web search or maybe Brave, I haven't looked into that one, but using those searches and using those things is not the dark web. You know, virtually no one will tell people to go onto the dark web to go look for information. You don't even need to. You can find so much great information without that much effort. Um, it, it does take time to piece through it, but you can find stuff and you can find it pretty quickly on, on whatever now with all these mediums that we have. Um, the illusion, oh, you know, they'll put me on that list and they'll get me. Yeah, they do that you know, to one or two people around the edges. But there's millions. Yeah. There are absolutely millions. They're not going to likely get you. There's so many out there. And that illusion keeps people from looking. And so when you break that down and the, the illusion of powerlessness, we can do so much more. Like you're saying, like on a daily basis, just a little bit here and a little bit there. Whether it's you gaining a little information, spreading a little truth, whether it's you, you know, praying, reading your Bible, talking to other people um, about salvation, that sort of thing. Everybody can make a little bit of a difference every day. Nothing happens like movie style where just randomly all of a sudden you have some giant, you know, revelation that happens. Um, That's not the way it works. It goes through hard and persistent effort that is, you know, jeered along the way uh, as you're dealing with as well. Uh, people think, you know, trying to discredit, you know, Dr. McCullough and company when there's nothing there to discredit. And he's speaking of evidence and evidence upon evidence. And that illusion is the one thing that keeps us in check. And you break that illusion, you realize that we're way stronger, that also, you know, even the conspiracy angle, they've set that up. And You look back, so I like to show people this, and I I randomly found it while I was trying to put out some information on Facebook and just wake some people up. Now, right behind me, oh, no, no, she's not in this one, but uh, Lady Columbia was like the patron goddess of the U.S. We were, uh, the poetic name for the U.S. was called Columbia for the longest time. Hail Columbia was our de facto national anthem unofficial until 1931. Really? on tons of coinage. She was on everything. Girls and mothers dressed up as her on July 4th. She covered our nation. She was the centerpiece at the Columbian Exposition, which was the 1893 World's Fair. And this, I think it was the opposite end, probably where I am, this picture that I just, you know, stuck as a background. And uh, she was the centerpiece, as you looked out onto Lake Michigan, of the first, you know, electrically lit by Tesla, not by Edison. He beat him out. um, World's Fair in history. And Lady Columbia was it. And so, you know, I'm trying to show people things on there just to expand their mind. Hey, there's a whole lot of stuff that could be all around you. I mean, I was wearing a Columbia jacket earlier today, I think. And that all, you see Columbia with a U, that's where it came from. You can search it back, Columbia Records, Columbia Pictures, on and on you go. District of Columbia, right? All of this is all based out of there. Um, but there's a lot bigger world that could be around us every day. And just because everyone around us doesn't know it, doesn't mean it's not true. Doesn't mean it's not verifiably true. And one of the, my favorite ones that I ran across that I put, you know, tried to put some people through for the very small reach is Operation Northwoods, which you're probably yeah. familiar with. And so it's one of the absolute best. 1962, the Joint Chiefs of Staff were proposing to JFK, he turned them down. That was a year before somebody got him, yeah. right? Okay, somebody got him. and um, or somebody or some group or whatever. Um, I don't know. I haven't dug into that one as much, but clearly something was going on. So from there, what they did is they were proposing all the different ways they could do false flag exercise. People say false flag. Well, that's false. No, false flag just meant the conclusions that were drawn or the people that an event was blamed on were false. That the whole point is to actually create um, some sort of change through um, you know, various means. And on this, they wanted to start the war in Cuba. They wanted to start a war with Cuba, the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So they said to JFK, they put all this list, all this whole list of things they could do. And if you look into and just take a few moments to think about the level of the deception and trickery of that operation, well, you technically call it a project because they never yeah, actually, they never did, I guess operation, they never did it. They were talking about pretending like we stormed and attacked our own base there in Guantanamo Bay and blaming it on Cuban operatives, tossing over mortars over the wall, doing other things um, there talked about downing ships, downing planes uh, three different cities. They talked about actually staging real terrorist attacks in the U S and killing American citizens, bombing them. Even Miami, Miami, setting off
1: car bombs outside schools, libraries and movie theaters.
0: Yep. Miami, DC, maybe New York or uh, Washington or something like that. But either way they talked about doing this, they had no problem killing and then they were going to blame it on the Cubans every single time. And so just to start a war, now, who would have known about this stuff? Now, there was more to it than that because it's it's fascinating. They were going to actually do fake plane downings.
1: Yeah.
0: Drone, they were going to have a fake go up. Yeah. They were going to switch out tail numbers and say that this pilot died when they had just really given him a different name, yeah, identity, before he went out. Then he came back down, but then they downed a the plane later. They took a commercial airline, and they were going to put it, demand It was going to be a complete drone plane in 1962. With its own, you know, recorder box sending out a signal, for Mayday, Mayday, a Russian MiG that the Cubans are coming after us, ah, boom. And that way all the other countries would report it and it wouldn't just be the Americans reporting that this had happened. So that then the fake funerals, the fake rescues. Now here even goes to the, the part of the conspiracy that I think is just fascinating here. And to say that not everybody's in on it, very few people are. They were even going to, I I believe it was for one of the uh, fake or real um, uh, bombings of some ships there around Cuba. If it was one of the fake ones, what they were going to do was come up with a submarine, I believe it was they said, throw out some plane parts. That way, when the troops that came to assess the scene could report that indeed, yes, our plane went down, we saw the pieces in the water, we couldn't retrieve the pilot Whatever it was, or the you know the captain of the ship and the crew, whatever it was, that even the people there on the ground were under the impression and the belief, and would go out there and tell people safe and effective, or
1: okay. yeah, U.S. service, terrorists- yeah, U.S. servicemen go and go, yo, this isn't a conspiracy. There's actually a plane here.
0: Exactly, and that is the level of deception and trickery from 1962, signed off by the whole Joint
1: Chiefs, including the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Gen- General Lemnitzer. Exactly.
0: I'm glad you know the name because I didn't get those. But that is to tell people you have to understand that conspiracies usually occur in small spaces. Yeah. And this is a lot more nuanced, just like the Nazi discussion and, and the Nazi war criminals, right? Uh, even there was, I just read the other day, but I haven't looked into it much, so don't quote me, that even when they before they invaded Poland, apparently the Germans false flagged themselves to tell the Germans that the Polish were a danger. They even had to false flag the German people to get their consent to go to war. The Reichstag and fire as well, I mean. Yeah, so they have so many of these through history that it says that most of the population is not in on the conspiracy. Yeah. Do they support it, accept it, acquiesce to it? Yes, they do it through means of trickery. And this is in quotes from a guy named Edward Bernays talking about how governments are only government by the acquiescence and the consent of the public. Mm -hmm. That's the only way they can govern. And so they use propaganda and other deceptive tools they've studied so well in order to create and manufacture that consent. And so that's how you create an entire Nazi Germany. So many people that didn't go along with it, but they also tricked them and made them think that Poland was a threat. They said the Jews are going to infect you and or kill your kids. Mm -hmm. They do this on a mass scale, and it's been the same playbook, very crafty but same playbook every time. And so if people look past the illusion, they actually find out the game, then you can stop playing it. It's not so hard anymore. You stop playing the game and you realize that we're all together and it's easy. Once we all stand up together, we get knowledge, information, you know, and we won't be perfect, but we'll know, we'll know the main story and we'll be able to fix all this stuff. So I have, uh, yeah, I have hope that we're, we're getting there slowly but surely. And hopefully less, you know, losses in the meantime, and we can stop these vax mandates and the children, you know, sooner than later.
1: Yeah, no, I have overwhelming optimism that things will work out. I just do, and perhaps some of it's faith, maybe some of it's just my own brain, you know, making me think it. But I, I legit. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owners' racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. We think it will be better, but that is something I always point to. Yeah, it's Operation Northwood. So you go through all of this, and it's what... I mean, it is a conspiracy, but it's not a conspiracy in the modern sense of "oh, you're crazy," "oh no," "oh no, 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 no." This whole thing went through. This whole. I got to JFK, and he said, kind of uh, to paraphrase him, "The fuck is this?" And, and get rid of it, right? But it, that's what he wanted, man. He, he, but but that's yep. that went all the way up to that level, which is just absolutely insane. I think another thing they wanted to do was they actually had captured some like uh, Mig. Uh, MIG radars and so they could actually even put MIG uh, electronic warfares and signatures. So yeah, other nations that detected it, not just us, would go, oh no, that's, that's, you know, MI6 would see it and go, no, that is, that is uh, like a MIG electronic signature. Man, this is back when black and white TVs were a hot product. So the idea that, the idea that a virus could be released for at the bare minimum to make killer profits. Mm-hmm. And at the next level, I mean, maybe it's not even a let's take the next level up, but not quite as high as global control. Why not why not Operation Northwoods versus China? We're looking at China, we're looking at their trajectory, we're looking at their uh, how fast their economy is growing, we're looking at their belt and road initiative. We're looking at how at uh, one time the u.s had a greater military budget than the rest of the world combined and then the rest of the world combined except for china and now china is slowly creeping up to now where they're bigger than a lot of other nations combined maybe we're looking at it and china's smart enough to not attack us right uh a uh, hundred year marathon by michael pillsbury as well as stealth war by brigadier general robert Spalding, who i've had on this podcast the chinese called don't ask the way to the emperor's cauldron basically meaning when you're the young buck coming into your own don't challenge the lion just wait for him to get old and then you take him if you ask him hey are you feeling weak well he's going to know what's on your mind and he's going to kill you so you just wait to the to the head of the pack starts to get weaker and then once you are just zero chance of you losing then you go in and kill him and you take the throne and you have the harem and blah 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 maybe maybe we look at it and we're evaluating all these we go hey China." You know, we're poking them, and they're not dumb enough to attack us. They're going, hey, America's getting weaker. They're declining in the education system. Give another generation or two. We will over, overcome them. Let's just, well, how, about, how about this? How about we go, all right, they're not going to fight us. Let's, <laughs> hey, guys, I got an idea. How about we fucking release this virus next to the Wuhan Institute that studies coronavirus? We'll kill like a million of our own people. It's whatever. We'll do all this stuff. Hey, and we'll make a pretty penny on the side. We'll have a smaller side conspiracy. It'll be vaccines. We'll, you know, we'll make our own retirement fund there. And then the big picture is uh, we'll wait a couple of years and then we'll trace it back. And it, just like make electronic signatures. Hey, how about we uh, use our hyper-powerful NSA, CIA, we find out. What are some like sequences that they only have in Wuhan? Well, what if we just plug those into this thing? And then in a couple of years, it doesn't even have to be us. They can be independent researchers from all over the world are going to start finding this and sequencing it and going, just like the guys finding the plane parts, they're going to start going, hey, this has some sequences that are native only to Chinese labs. Bada bing, bada boom. All of a sudden, we're going, hey, we got to have war with China. I mean, then that that is less crazy than Operation Northwoods, yeah. so there are yeah. tiers of conspiracies. Bottom line is like, or bottommost one is just trying to make money. They're just trying to fucking make money, which yeah. is pretty much non-negotiable. That's just that—that's an undeniable fact. They're trying to make money. I'm trying to make money on this podcast. Like, what's not <laughs> the next one is war with China, Operation Northwoods, and then the granddaddy would be a top-down system of global communist technocratic dictatorship control, which. General Smedley Butler warned about in 1933 when he was approached by uh, the J.P. Morgan family as well as Prescott Bush, father of who? George H.W. Bush. And they said, Hey, how about you take this big bonus army of upset World War I veterans who are camping out in front of the Capitol long? They all trust you. They love you. You go take out FDR because FDR is a fascist. What they really wanted to do is remove FDR because FDR is getting rid of gold backed currency, which directly imposed all their money. Smedley, you're going to be the emperor of America. That is all fact. The highest ranking, uh, or I'm sorry, the most decorated Marine of all time, went in as an enlisted man, and was one of the only guys to ever be alive to receive two uh, Medals of Honor. He found out about it and said, "No, fuck y'all. I don't want anything to do this." And now we don't. It's called the business plot, capital B, capital P, business plot. Go look it up. 1933 grandfather and father of two presidents as well as the jp morgan family and i believe the dupont family 28 years later general eisenhower five-star general supreme commander of the allied forces oversaw the largest amphibious amphibious invasion in world history became the president set up the whole nuclear bunker system top dog of them all what does he come out and say on january 17th 1961 beware the military industrial complex what does what does jfk say a year or two later for all we we are opposed around the world by blah, blah 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 to enslave every man Woman and child. Yeah, man, it starts to get a little hairy. So whether it's money, next level up, whether it's an Operation Northwoods Part 2, or whether it's this thing that has been echoed from JFK to Eisenhower to Smedley or 1919 Woodrow Wilson, for there is a machine so tight-knit and so efficient that the wealthiest men in America barely speak about it above a whisper. I'm paraphrasing him, Woodrow Wilson. There's evidence of all these people going, there is this thing building in the shadows, and it has been for a century, and I'm just completely
0: rambling now. Dr. No. Williams. No, no, but I mean it's good because you know that's good evidence that you're talking about there. You're not talking about you know Tommy on his podcast or you know Aaron from his doctor position, and he just randomly went schizophrenic yeah. in his 40s. Yeah, you know, you're not talking crack. about us. You're talking about the heads of state, the presidents, and let alone beloved presidents, some of them of the United States of America, that are saying the same thing. So it takes a high level of cognitive dissonance to just dismiss that. There was nothing to it. And did it just drift and dismiss itself and, like, kind of go away over time? The military-industrial complex just got tired and went home. Yeah, they didn't make any more money. They just, you know they decided they would hang it up. You know, they didn't like all that control and power and money and near, nor did their heirs. Well, JFK
1: said no. So I guess that's that.
0: Yeah. I guess (laughs) it's done, you know, and you know, they didn't decide to, you know, unretire in 63 after he went down, I doubt, you know? So yeah, it's, it's following where the evidence leads, you know, And, and wherever that evidence is, whatever the truth is, that's what we need to deal with. And the more people we get out there and just like look through the evidence, you start to see the picture and you go, wow. Okay, these things are possible. We need to look with a questioning and discerning eye at stuff. You know, trust but verify. Who said that? Reagan? Um, You need to trust but verify. Like the doctors, Okay, You, you can even trust the CDC if you want to, to tell you that these two studies trump all of known history, including current studies that say how great natural immunity is and crossover immunity among the beta coronaviruses for this new novel coronavirus, you can, okay, cool, trust them. But go ahead and look at the studies. Look at those studies. Use the met, Look at the methodology. Look at the the, the um, downsides to those different studies. And then look at the, the other studies on the flip side of it. And then you determine for yourself whether or not you think that, uh, you know, the evidence is good or bad, that they're giving us good advice. Are they or are they not? Are they good at evaluating studies? Maybe they're just really poor at evaluating the studies. But either way, you need to look. Yeah. Once we find that, once you look at the evidence, we can then live in an evidence-based reality rather than one that's just based upon, you know, the popular public belief and uh, the mainstream media narrative.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like – got to wrap this one up in a minute. But it's like uh, – it's kind of like that the Rendlesham Forest case that uh, the Air Force Base in the UK that was like partly American run back in the 70s or 80s. It was one of the most famous UFO sightings. There's a great book about it by uh, Nick Pope, who is the British Ministry of Defenses head, on, head of UFO, I guess, investigations, who I've had on this podcast. But there's a quote from, I forget who it is, it's Lord, Lord, he was like a five-star admiral in the British Navy, Lord, Lord Norton, I think he's dead now, but he had a quote about this where he goes, listen, one of two things happened in Rendlesham Forest. Either there was a UFO sighting above a base with nuclear... They they had nuclear weapons on the base. It was a nuclear operating base, B-52s. There's either a UFO there, in which case we need to investigate it, or 20 different men all hallucinated simultaneously, men who were in charge of nuclear weapons. Either or. (laughs) Something's going on. So that's kind of how I look at all this. It's like either this truly is the craziest quantum shift paradigm change in medicine important to look into
0: Mm.
1: or we're getting raw dogged by some evil people hey man either or we can't just go meh and lastly you don't kind of wrap it up with this and i'd love to have you back on sometime man We can go all in on conspiracies is Mm. when you see all of this and you go back to woodrow wilson's medley butler yeah and not just presidents, beloved, Eisenhower, JFK. When you go back to all these guys and you see all these kind of hints, right? You can almost say that like those are the cell phone pictures of the final out of the world series. But it's Woodrow Wilson, it's Smedley Butler, it's Eisenhower, it's JFK. You're starting to get these, they're decades apart, but you're starting to get these pictures from the few guys that actually have a view of the thing to take a picture of, When you see all of it, what it implies is just an unimaginably evil and coordinated and brilliant, though evil, a brilliant system, but unimaginably evil, coordinated effort to enslave and destroy people. As light implies dark, as up implies down, as good implies bad, as sobriety implies getting hammered, as a day where you go to the gym and you eat healthy— also implies the opposite of you know thanksgiving waking up and eating chocolate pie everything are opposites and the more you see of one thing can only imply the more of the other the higher you can shoot a cannonball the faster it's going to come back down Mm -hmm. so when you see this evil of all evils you can only imagine that there must be a good of all goods there must be something just like something scared eisenhower and jfk out of their wits there must be something so miraculous and beautiful and loving that it, it cancels the it cancels the other out. So that's kind of that's why I have hope. Is if that exists, the other has to exist because all everything is is just a mirror of itself. And now we're going far into philosophy and everything.
0: But no, but I I agree. There's a lot of good out there, and I think aside from you know even the people we know about that are in the movement, I think you know humanity is more good than bad. You know, I think mm-hmm. many are deceived. Uh, we've all been deceived in some way, shape or form, and probably still are to some degree, no matter how much you've dove into the truth. But uh, yeah, I, I think that there's probably a lot of factions out there, hopefully working towards the same end and, and bringing about a better world uh, and a better place and getting battling through this rough time.
1: Yeah. Dr. Aaron Williams, thank you so much for coming on here, man i'll uh absolutely tommy It was a pleasure it'll be uploaded later today i'll email you the links and stuff i'd love to have you back on sometime and we can uh i'm so happy you knew about all these conspiracies northwoods for we are opposed my, <laughs> my man my man you can kind of tell you, i always do these like sort of subtle dances with guests you kind of like mm-hmm. toss out like a lower level conspiracy like see if they mm-hmm. know about it and then the, the, the other guy picks it up. The other guy picks it up and you're like, fuck yeah, let's go into this shit. <laughs> you, you go all in and you're like, all right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, I gotta, I gotta run. I got another podcast in five minutes, which I'm an idiot. And, uh, gotta do this one now. Thank all you so right, much for coming on answer. here.
0: What? Sorry to cut you so close to time, but Tommy, it's been yeah. a pleasure. And I'd be happy to come on again sometime.
1: Hell yeah, man. No, you didn't. Dude, I asked you to go an extra hour. This was fantastic. This was fun as fuck. I'd love to have you on here again. I'll email it to you. I gotta run. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. God bless. God bless everybody. God bless America. Do the right thing.
0: Recording Take care, man. stopped.
1: Peace.